Welcome, everyone. This is Chris Tubbs, president of the California Fire Chiefs Association. I'd like to welcome you to our next episode of our podcast series. Today, I'm real excited to have our guest speaker, Bruce Martin, with us uh, to talk about the Chief Officer Leadership Symposium. And so with that, first of all, Bruce, I want to welcome you here. And I'd like to kind of pass the the uh, uh, microphone over to you to tell us a little bit about who you are, your fire service background, what brought you to the Chief Officer Leadership Symposium and what it is. Sure. Thanks a lot, Chris. And and thanks for the opportunity and happy to be here. Um, Let's see. The short version of my career is I started as a volunteer in a one-station fire department, Fairfax, California, and I retired as fire chief of the city of Fremont uh, back in 2012. Uh, along the way, I worked for several different agencies. Uh, my whole career, I, it all seemed like a good idea at the time. And in retrospect, it was a wonderful career. Uh, I pretty much worked in all the different aspects of the fire service. The only exception is I was never a paramedic. Uh, but other than that, uh, I had a stint in fire prevention, mostly operations and training, um, mostly down on the San Francisco Peninsula. Um, and uh, then my side uh, side job, as we used to say in the old days, uh, was teaching. I fell into uh, teaching fire technology uh, at uh, community colleges and got into the state instructor program and taught uh, company officer classes, chief fire officer classes, all that good stuff. Uh, and that's really how I spent the bulk of my career. Had a lot of great opportunities, worked with a ton of wonderful people, um, and uh, I think it was probably the teaching thing that got me into the chief officer leadership symposium as much as anything else. So tell us a little bit about the symposium. How did it sort of come into being? Um, who, who created and what, what really was the objective or the purpose of it? Um, I'm, I'm supposing that there was probably a perceived gap in the marketplace for it. Uh, so tell us a little bit more about that. There was. It actually goes back to the uh, early mid-90s, and Ronnie J. Coleman was the state fire marshal. And Ronnie, who had been a uh, municipal fire chief uh, along the way in his career, felt that uh, there was a gap in knowledge of uh, local fire chiefs as to what the state fire officials could do for them. So when he was state fire marshal, he started a seminar um, and I think he might have called it the new fire chief's workshop or something along that line. And he brought in, of course, himself, members of his staff and folks from uh, the Office of Emergency Services, Fire and Rescue Division. And the uh, the genesis of the program was what can state agencies do for you, a local fire chief, and how can we help you out? Uh, when. When Chief Coleman retired or left the state, you know, retired, he's still working. Uh <laughs> When he left uh, the office of the state fire marshal, the program shifted over to the California Fire Chiefs Association. And it's been facilitated over the years by several different folks. Its name has changed a few times. I think it started as the new chief's workshop. For a while, it was called the Executive Leadership Institute. That sounded pretty uh, awesome. Uh, but then we found our um, market kind of expanded to all chief officers. We didn't want to just limit it to new fire chiefs, chiefs of department. So we changed the name to Coles, the Chief Officer Leadership Symposium. And for the last, oh, 20 years or so, we've been aligned in offering it with the uh, Training Officer Symposium in Fresno. 
So it's a great place, great relationship. And that's what we've been doing. I've been facilitating it for the last 15 years. And uh, it's just been a fabulous opportunity. So you touched on the company officer program taught in Fresno every year. I'm, I imagine that uh, the Coles program and that program have some uh, intersection, if you will, or this concept of how we build off, you know, from one stage to another. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I, I think in general, you know, the the notion of academies has really, you know, got a lot of uh, legs in the fire service. So uh, beginning with, of course, recruit academies, you see engineer academies, truck academies, you know, USAR academies, all sorts of different stuff. Um, and uh, while we don't use that name in Coles, it, it, it does represent kind of a, a week-long immersion in chief officer type topics. Well, the company officer, same thing. Uh, they've done a company officer program for a number of years in Fresno. Our only direct um, cooperative event is we actually have a joint dinner uh, during the week. So uh, on the last night that we're all together, typically we have as part of the course, uh, it's a networking dinner. It's a There may be a guest speaker. There often is not. It's just a place for the uh, attendees to to just start interacting and talk shop and talk fun stuff, fire stuff amongst themselves. Well, for the last few years, we've done that with the student cadre from the company officer Academy and just kind of cross pollinated those ideas. I think planting the seeds Mm -hmm. in folks' minds that, uh, Hey, moving up is always a possibility. Uh, if not you, then who, and, uh, it's been a, a good opportunity. Yeah, I think those of us who have been in the fire service long enough know also the power of that networking. And and I really like how you're bringing those two groups together, you know, that it's not siloed. I think part of what I see the power in that is mentorship, right, is that, you know, all of us as we've progressed through our careers undoubtedly can point to at least a couple of individuals, excuse me, who have had this tremendous influence on us in our development in, in this profession. I just love that. I love that idea. So within Coles, uh, tell me a little bit about the, both the program, sort of what are the elements of it? And then, and then the instructor cadre, who, who makes that up and how are topics decided um, and, and taught? Sure. Um, the uh, so that writ large, what we have been trying to do uh, once we started to actually articulate it to ourselves, and this is not just a Bruce game. Uh, I've got a couple of uh, bandmates, as we say every year. Uh, Chief Jeff Meston, who's currently the executive officer of your organization, Cal Chiefs, and uh, Chief Jerry Coleman. Uh, Jerry is the past fire chief of the city of South San Francisco and Redwood City and also uh, retired as a deputy chief out of the city of San Jose. So incredible instructor, uh, super knowledgeable uh, gentleman. So we're kind of the, I don't know, facilitators, for lack of a better word. Uh, And yeah, we do bring a cadre up, which I'll tell you about. But writ large, we started talking about what is our mission? What are we here for? And it's twofold. We first are trying to honor the original premise of Chief Coleman, and we still bring in the state fire marshal and the chief of fire and rescue from the governor's office of emergency services to talk about what can state agencies do for you. And they're there every year. They're incredible contributors. Uh, and I'm talking through a series of different individuals, but the organizations and the leaders are always there. 
So that's part one. And then part two is the week is a sampler plate of issues and ideas that a chief officer, particularly a fire chief, is likely to encounter. So, of course, you know, we can't give people years of experience in a 40-hour course, but we do try to present them with ideas, um, things that might have happened, and then the opportunity to, uh, where do I start? Geez, if I have to look about human resources and the fire chief, where do I go? So we try to give them this sampler plate of different issues. And then within that, we bring in a variety of guest speakers who can point them in uh, good starting uh, places. Oops, excuse me, make that go quiet. Um, so uh, that's that's really the, t- the fundamental area. Um, the topics shift year to year. There's a few that seem to always remain. Uh, let's see, I got my list here. I'll pull up real quick. Um, we start out with, uh, you know, how does uh, an outsider's view, uh, how do outsiders view the fire service? You know, and it's just kind of a an opening session that Chief uh, Jerry Coleman leads uh, wonderfully. And it just kind of gets people into outside of the normal inward looking world of the fire department, you know, Um uh, one of the things we say informally is kitchen table is a great place to work ideas, and all of us are used to that. Um, but there are times where you want to get away from the kitchen table and start asking the, our customers, our citizens, our communities, what do you want? So that conversation kicks off the week. We talk about human resources and chiefs. We talk about fire department civics. Are you a district? Are you a city? What's the difference? Are you a county? How does that kind of stuff work? How do elected officials make decisions? We talk about this year, we're going to talk about diversity. Uh, That has come and gone as a topic, but it's always there. Um, We talk about standards of cover, analyzing your department, uh, assessing your organization, telling your story with social media. uh, And then on Friday, uh, we conclude with uh, one of the, my favorite sessions is, uh, f- for lack of a better term, fire chiefs unplugged. So we'll have several fire chiefs in the front of the room and uh, we have scripted questions, but we really open it up. Hey, look, here's uh, some fire chiefs who are willing to be candid. You know, what do you know about, what do you want to know about fire chiefing, but we're afraid to ask. <laughs> so that's our, uh, that's our Friday. Uh, so we- let's see. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, So uh, the cadre, the speakers, the speakers come from the California Fire Service uh, and uh, municipal service. Uh, Currently, our speaker for human resources has been uh, deputy city manager from a Bay Area city. Um, We have a variety of fire chiefs that come in to present um, or, you know, subject matter experts. They may be deputies or division chiefs. Uh, EMS is often a big issue. So we'll bring in an EMS chief to talk to us about current events. Uh, let's see. Yeah, that, that's a good answer for that one. So do, do you sort of um, have uh, folks already um, chosen for these topics or do you go out on some of these topics and look for additional uh, instructors? Or if someone was interested in being an instructor, how, how do you sort of link those pieces up? It's pretty organic. So, yeah. Uh, so the answer to all your questions is yes. Um, 
we we have some folks that have spoken uh, and presented for for a while. Uh, if we get a topic, we we use our um, brainstorming and our networks and say, gee, who can speak about diversity? Oh, I just heard a speaker on this topic at another conference. Let's see if she's available. Great. Um, and I have been approached by folks saying, you know what, here's something I've been talking about. Um, <clears throat> would you be interested? Would this fit your program? We generally have more ideas for topics than we have room uh, in the week, but that's okay. But things have shifted over the years. And some folks will speak for a, a year or two or three and then say, <clears throat> I'm done. Uh, I'm ready to move on. And so, it, like I said, it kind of grows and ebbs and flows into different issues based on current events. Is there a group of folks that you sort of specifically target? For example, is this for folks who are interested in being, you know, a fire chief or a chief officer? Is it people who are newly in those positions? Is it all of the above? Kind of, we're sort of your your target audience. It's all of the above. It used to be uh, before my my time. I actually took the course in two thousand four as a brand new fire chief. And that was the target audience, you know, the brand new fire chief officer. We came to believe that uh, we should get people before then. We should really help prepare people uh, in their thinking, in their influences. And so we expanded it to include all chief officers, um, <clears throat> whether or not you want to be a chief. And uh, it, we have a handful of captains every time. Uh, and that's fine because different departments have different structures, you know, so it's it's not for me to say that only this rank can make it because certainly in California, we've got a whole variety of organizations. So, um, yeah, so we it, there really is no no limit. We want people that are interested in being or are working as a chief officer. And, and that's perfectly fine. I would I would imagine whether you solicit it formally or you just get it informally because we're in the fire service we're not afraid of sharing our opinions. What kind of feedback uh, I'm curious do you get from both the students and the instructors as well? And then how does that? I would imagine you would integrate that uh, into your training program. What what do you learn from that? Yeah, we do a survey every year. We ask for uh, written feedback, um, uh, quantitatively and qualitatively. Uh, <laughs> from uh for from the attendees and we review it after each year and just uh, typically uh, first of all the program gets overwhelming good responses you know it, it's it's appreciated it's it's door opening for some folks uh one of our thrusts is to be strategic rather than tactical um and so we want to bring people into the idea that we need that 30,000 50,000 foot view uh, of the fire service when you're working in an executive or a manager position as a chief officer. That emerges as something that we kind of under prepare people for, I think. Over the years, my personal opinion has been that uh, <clears throat> as firefighters, we're overtrained and undereducated. And what do I mean by that? I mean, you know, training is, is uh, not necessarily easy. Of course, it's not necessarily simple. We all know, but training uh, is uh, has a defined roadmap. We know what the problem is we're trying to solve, whether it's a multi-casualty or an urban search and rescue or whatever. Uh, we know what the end result of our training ought to be, so we work hard for that. Education, on the other hand, we don't necessarily know what the problem is. 
And so we introduce folks to the notion of wicked problems in this week, uh, just very high level. But the fact that we sometimes in the fire chief world, we can't even, def- even define what problem it is we're trying to solve. We just know there's something out there that's not working for our communities or our members or our organization. So how do we solve this? Um, uh, so anyway, that all that kind of thinking tends to be well regarded by the students. Uh, and then yes, the topics of the day become important. Last year, we got a lot of feedback that we want to talk more about diversity. Our human resources presenter talks about it. Folks wanted to get deeper. So this year, we're going to respond to that. Do you find, Bruce, with uh, folks who are either um, new uh, chief officers or uh, are considering that uh, when they go through this course, do you ever sort of get feedback from them, you know, along the lines of this particular course or the program or some component of it helped me and, and how that helped them? Do you get that kind of feedback as well? We do from time to time, and that's much more uh, informal and usually spontaneous. Yeah. You know, when we see people down the road at a conference or uh, on an interview panel together or something like that, or in a project, you know, we'll see people, hey, I really appreciated this idea, or I followed up with Chief So-and-so, the presenter on this topic, and oh, yeah, that's not uncommon at all. And I think one of the things we're trying to do is is let um, – Chief officers, wannabe chief officers, wannabe fire chiefs know that there is still opportunities to learn things that can be helpful to you as you move on up. Um, For, you know, Bruce's story, I took this uh, myself in 2004 as a brand new chief. That kind of got me itchy about getting educated again. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be one of the Harvard Fire Fellowship folks a few years later, which sent me off to the JFK school for three weeks, which was another eye-opening um, uh, opportunity, which in turn led me to the uh, Center for Homeland Defense and Security program, which was just a rock star program. Uh, none of them are tra- necessarily traditional fire chief pathways, but they all were hugely informative and mattered a lot to me in my career and really helped me along. So and everybody gets to pick their own path. Uh, and we're not trying to prescribe that there's one way to do it. In fact, that's kind of the hard part of fire chiefing uh, often is that, you know, if you're going to be a paramedic, here's the list of tasks. If you're going to be a firefighter one, here's the list of tasks. Uh, fire chiefing, it's a little more nebulous. Uh, we're getting better at it. Uh, but um, uh, education is definitely going to be a powerful influence and tool for us as we move into those ranks. Well, sounds like we've shared some similar paths. Um, I, too, am a graduate of the Kennedy School program and, oh. <laughs> and two of the Naval Postgrad programs, ELP and the Masters. And I think you touch on something that's really important. And you were sort of you were touching on it when we were talking about training and education. And as you said, training, you know, certainly in my mind, <clears throat> implies a, a level of specificity, whereas education is really this broad umbrella about teaching you critical thinking skills that could be applied to many different scenarios um, that you're going to face as a fire chief. And, you know, you, you want to make sure you have both because they're both necessary in the trench. Oh, yeah. um, each of them has a very different benefit to that. Um, and those those two programs are certainly 
um, excellent. Not that we're here doing a commercial plug for them, but right. certainly um, we have yeah. found value in them. And and we, uh, I'm sure you do. I, I did in my organization. I certainly support my folks who want to pursue those opportunities as well, because I think they're great um, additions yep. to your sort of your buffet of education. Absolutely. That's yeah. awesome. So, so this week is the sampler plate that hopefully just kind of whets people's appetites to move on. Yeah, exactly. So with with uh, the upcoming um, symposium, which I believe is March 20th through the 24th, is that correct? That's right. So what are the topics you have uh, teed up this year? Uh, this year, we have a view from the other side. That's that external view. Uh, complex HR situations for fire chiefs. Um, we do a staff work exercise. Yeah, we actually have people working groups. Uh, no typing is involved. You know, it's not it's not hugely onerous, but it's just an introduction to the kind of of issues fire chiefs and chief officers might encounter. Uh, fire department civics and risky leadership. Uh, Cal chiefs overview. Um, some common issues with failed leadership. Diversity in the fire chief, the state fire marshal, um, uh, align your training and promotional practices with the work, a study in success. That's a new uh, presentation by Chief Dave Sprague out of Berkeley with Chief Chief Dave Winokur out of Moraga Arinda. Mark Bisbee, uh, Chief Mark Bisbee has been invited to talk about professional development and the California and FESHI models. Uh, He's a fabulous presenter. I hope he's going to say yes. Uh, fire chief and OES, um, the new generation of firefighters, uh, which we've talked about for 30 years, <laughs> gone through several generations, but we're still here. Uh, assessing your organization, telling your story with social media and data, and then the fire chief's panel. Yeah, that's what's on the uh, draft schedule so far. That sounds awesome. Um <clears throat> So one of the questions I know I've had when I've talked to folks about um, Coles is, is, is it's sort of a nebulous question, I guess. It, I don't know that it offers any value, but maybe there's a, a really good reason for it. Why is it held in Fresno? Well, that's because we aligned with the uh, <laughs> training officers, and that's where the training officers go. And Fresno is the geographical center of the state, right? Yep. So uh, what I learned only within the last year, apparently somewhere on Highway 99 in the center divide, is a palm tree on the south end and a pine tree adjacent to it north of that. So that's supposed to represent the split between the south and the north. (laughs) I don't know. But when you look at a map, you know, I always thought of, I'm a Northern California person. I always thought of Fresno as Southern Cal. Nope, it's right in the middle. Son of a gun. I'll be darned. How about that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, I knew that there was some level of logic behind it, and that makes a lot of sense to me. I have to give some props to Fresno Fire and Clovis Fire and the uh, Fresno County. They all really um, step up and help the training officers provide this they a tremendous amount of logistical support. Fire Chief Carrie Donis of Fresno uh, has been, uh, she's a, a quiet uh, supporter of this, but really uh, lets her department free to do a whole bunch of work on our behalf. So it's it's wonderful. Well, I, I don't want to steal your answer from this, and I suspect I probably know a little bit why, but you, why have you continued to facilitate this program after all of these years? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, I have a, the typical firefighter self-deprecating answer. I'm going to, I'll skip that for now. It's, 
it did a lot for me. So I just want to pay it forward. And that's probably another one of our, our themes is what can we do to give back to our service? One of these days, uh, all of us are going to be retired like me. uh, And someone is going to have to serve us. So why not help them be the best chief officer, fire chief they can be, help prepare them. I mean, we all got to where we are through, as you mentioned earlier, mentoring and some role models and some folks that helped us out. So why not do the same thing? So for me, that's what this is. Uh, Nobody in this course is compensated. You know, this is all out of love for the service. This is all a volunteer effort. Um, But uh, yeah, it, it meant a lot to me. I've been a fan of education and um a training of course but education in this fire chief world so i just wanted to bring some some consistency to that yeah well i know everyone who has been a part of your program and i'm sure those who are yet to be you know at all uh, wish to extend their their gratitude because it it takes people like you who have you know both a passion for it but I think that's, um, you know, part of this makeup in the fire service, right? We we don't want to be on the sideline. We want to be in the game in some fashion. And that game is where we find purpose, you know, in, in generating value for either the people we serve in the street or the firefighters we work with. It's this idea of how do we help um, others. And so I know that there are a lot of people out there. I've heard them say this. Um, We're exceedingly grateful for, you know, everything that you've done in getting this program where it's at. Um, I have a name here. I don't know this individual, but this was a question that we had that might we might want to talk about is who is Dr. Rez and why do you have him participate? Oh, Dr. Rez. He is a character. Let me tell you. Dr. Rez is Dr. Richard Resurrection. He's a professor, professor emeritus at Cal State, Long Beach and Chapman University down south. Um, he's a, a humble and passionate supporter of the fire service and has been his whole career. Uh, so I hope I'm not going to embarrass him too much if he listens to this. Uh, but he's, um, he's an educator. So his, he, he teaches education and, um, uh, he, he was, he used to work for LA city fire and most notably for long beach fire as a advisor and subject matter expert in the world of training and education to those agencies. um, I think for the longest duration, Long Beach, and that's where he lives. So he's uh, engaged there. Um, He's a great presenter uh, and he comes in, he actually will do both the company officer program and our program. And uh, uh, a number of folks of my generation and, and later have, you know, learn from him, the fire instructor kind of stuff, coaching and counseling, um, you know, how to diagnose uh, performance issues. And uh, he has uh, an article, an an article he did a long time ago on eight step counseling methods. So just a way to help people improve their performance. But uh, his current line of presentation is somewhat about generations, but it's also about our work culture and how to get these (coughs) new people into the fire service way and uh it's 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 inspiring to be honest with you it's it's very um it's idealistic with a pragmatic undertone so he's he's not trying to say just just say this raise your right hand swear the oath and everything's going to be great he he talks about the meaning of that he talks about the meaning of 
honor. He talks about where folks, the folks we hire are coming from now versus where they were coming from 40 and 50 years ago, where our systems were created that we've been using. And he starts to throw out some ideas that, you know, is our system working for us? What aspects of it are? What aspects of it aren't? What do we need to pay attention to? So he's just a, he takes you on a journey every presentation and it's never the same journey, uh, but it's always a powerful as all heck. So, uh, so we have him participate. He, I never knew Rez from his uh, professional instruction days. Several of our uh, chief officers took, uh, he started a, a bachelor degree program down at uh, Cal State Long Beach um, before it was popular, before it was a thing. And uh, uh, several of our folks went through that program to get their advanced or actually uh, four-year degree. Um, so he's got, he's a, let's see, IPSLE, the International Public Safety Leadership and Ethics Program. He's one of the uh, founders and and facilitators of that program. Uh, just a wonderful guy, super nice guy. So before we wrap up, um, Bruce, I want to, I certainly want to pass it back off to you. Is there anything that we've not talked about today about the Coles program you think it's really important for the audience to know about? Um, it's it's designed to be adult learning. So uh, what I, I try, we always uh, try to preheat the students to this. You know, we're not going to you're not going to leave with a checklist um, of, OK, step one, fire chief, step one, step two, step three, step four, because you all know that, uh, you know, once you get in the office, you can probably get through step one and two and then then something, you know, falls on your desk and <laughs> you're off to the races. Yeah. So uh, in that regard, we try to embrace the notion of adult learning Um which means we're going to give, we could tell you, you know, the Bruce story, the Chris story, the Jeff Meston story on chief. And, and, and that would satisfy the circumstances if you were in my exact circumstances, but you'll probably, there'll be nuances to yours. So while some of the fundamentals are going to be the same, the nuances are going to be different. Thus the education piece. Um, but through conversation, as you mentioned earlier, critical thinking, just asking, you know, questions and trying to, get to the heart of the issues at hand and knowing that some of the issues may not have a perfect answer and some may have 20 possible answers. Um, that's where you're going to wind up at the end of the week. You may have more questions than when you showed up initially, but that's okay. We hope to point you in the right direction and uh, all the instructors are always available after the fact. So come in with, you know, be ready to be broadened. Uh, we encourage people to, talk and share stories. It's not true confessions, but it's, you know, what would you do if um, we try to get all our instructors to provide an exercise or a conversation that's meaningful to an adult learner. Uh, we're fine if you jump on your phone, tablet, or laptop to quickly look up the term we just talked about. So it's a very um, open and iterative process. Um, it's exciting. We've had full classes for the last few years. I hope we're going to do that again this year, meaning 25 to 35 folks. You'll meet a bunch of other wannabe chiefs or chief officers from around the state. And you're going to find that we're a lot more the same than different. But those differences are interesting uh, as we go around the state. Yeah, I find I find this area a, a very interesting area. And, and as fire chiefs, you know, we've, we've talked about these kinds of things all the time. I like to I like to talk about it sort of in this lens is that when we hire a civilian off the street to be a firefighter, 
<clears throat> we put them through an academy, you know, 12, 20 weeks long, whatever that might be. Um, and then we, we put them into the firehouse with some level of shadow training, if you will, or maybe they're not third person qualified then, but we take them on this journey probably of three to five years in most cases before they're really sort of journeyman, if you will, level qualified. My point being is that we take a very intentional approach about preparing people for the role and responsibility of serving their community on the front line. And so often in organizations, when we promote somebody, we have them go through some form of an assessment center, and then we have a ceremony, we hand them their bugles, and we say, <laughs> good luck. Yeah. And, and, and it's it's always been sort of a fascinating uh, thing for me uh, in, in my first fire service career to recognize you, you put people in one of the most important positions, arguably, in the fire service, which is this leadership role, serving and supervising and managing. And yet, how much time do we spend preparing them for it? We do a great job on the tactical operational side. But as we all know, those of us who have especially been in chief officer positions, it's the soft skills, right? It's the how do we navigate political situations? How do we navigate all of these other things? And so... <clears throat> I just have to say, you know, from a personal standpoint, really, really grateful for uh, one, your commitment to that gap and working to find ways to fill and prepare, you know, our future leaders and our current leaders, because it's all about improving the fire service. Back to what you said a little while ago. I think we all come into this job, um, certainly loving what we do, but wanting to leave it a little bit better than how we found it. Right. That's kind of the goal in all of this. And I just really have to compliment you on that. And the work that you and your team are doing, um, I think this is just um, a, a really important um, initiative, if I could use that term. It's helping us fill that gap so that we continue to improve the fire service. And um, perhaps sometime we could have you back on again. We talk about maybe some of the particular subjects that you're teaching about. We could dive into more oh, deeply, yeah. maybe even invite some of your guests. I think some of our folks in the audience would really appreciate hearing some of that. Yep, but happy to. I really appreciate your time uh, today, Bruce. And I apologize to the audience. My, my voice is a little broken up today. I'm on the backside of a respiratory bug. But um, as you know, we've been trying to find this date uh, for a while. And I appreciate um, your commitment to finding a date that we could do the podcast. And I really appreciate your time. Great, Chris. Thanks again for the opportunity. It's been fun. And yeah, by all means, let's uh, keep the conversation going. That sounds great, Bruce. Thank you. All right.